and welcome to the I'm Not A Barista podcast, where you can get inspired by real-life stories from the people behind the cup. Join us as we talk about everything to do with coffee, from having a career in this industry to brewing tips, and how you can support this global community. Humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower the people behind the cup. Hello everyone, my name is Miki, the host of I'm Not Barista podcast. As you may know, lately we are super busy with our first Kickstarter project, The Boring Guide. The Boring Guide began with the humble idea that to share tips for making delicious coffee at home. Um, and today the project has grown into a worldwide representation of people behind every cup. We know that it's very easy to find cookbooks with a variety of recipes from chefs and experts so they can learn about how to cook at home. Um, but there isn't such a thing in a coffee industry. That is why we started this project and we collect recipes from coffee champions, experts and really good home brewers around the world. This is not just about the brewing recipes, it's about bridging you with the talented individuals around the world who share the knowledge and technique for better brews. Our goal is to spread the love for drinking coffee around the world and to empower baristas those we know by name and those we want to shine a light on. Most importantly, this is a charity project. We want to make small donations to help baristas with financial needs, especially in nowadays the pandemic. There are only four days left until we finish the project on Kickstarter. So now, if you want to support us, if you want to support the project, please go to Kickstarter and back the project. You can find the link directly to the Kickstarter project through the link in our Instagram bio, or you can check the link in the description below. And today's guest, you probably know her by her name. She's a 2019 Aeropress World Champion, Madeleine van Bunnik. When we were recording this episode, uh, unfortunately, Madeleine was sick at that time, and she was in COVID recovery. So uh, if you hear her voice a little bit down, um, don't worry, she's very fine now. So first, uh, welcome to Amdal Barca podcast, and uh, we have known you for uh, the Aeropress Championship, and you've been famous for uh, for that. And let's talk about how did you start your coffee career? Yeah, that's that's um, that's a way back. Uh, I think I started in coffee when I was in college, about like 12, 13 years ago. I'm thirty two now, so yeah, that must have been like twelve. 12 years ago and I was in college I just spent a year abroad and I came back and I needed a job I was studying English and um, there was this uh, coffee bar that I went to every morning before class and I remember that I used to pick classes that were uh, preferably not at nine Um, but if I did have a class at nine I went to a coffee place close to the university and there was this barista there and he was really really early in the morning like this was really early in the morning for me back then um and he was so excited about his job like he was so enthusiastic and i would feel very cool and order double espressos and then every morning he was like do you want this da 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 coffee i don't even remember what he was saying or do you want to try la di da di da like a strong and blend or do you want like the soft mild whatever blend and it always struck me that he was so enthusiastic enthusiastic about what he was doing so early in the morning I was at a certain point, I was like, dude, how, what is it about this job that gets you so excited at this hour? Because I need to get me some of that. And then luckily for me, um, they were hiring. 
And then pretty soon after I started doing that, uh, working as a barista, I was like, oh, I get it. This is fun. This this part that you're playing in people's lives, especially those early hours, um, it's it's amazing. And I've been working as a barista in, in about three other coffee places uh, in, in the same city where I'm still studying. And after I graduated, I got an amazing opportunity to work for a coffee roastery. They were looking for a full-time trainer. I just graduated as an as a teacher, uh, but I was really, really liking that whole coffee thing. So I decided to, you know, jump in the deep end, uh, join that company. And I've been working there for almost nine years now. I've been as a barista trainer. I've been doing account management and sales. I've been made head of all education of that company about two years ago. And since they've opened uh, their own flagship store in, in The Hague, their own coffee bar, I started managing that about a year ago. It was my first try in, in you know, uh, a management uh, place as well. How you end up in the coffee industry because you see someone else was so enthusiastic about coffee, right? Wake up early with a full energy. Exactly. And you're curious, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah. I know. That's exactly it. Um there must be something about either in his coffee or in his personality that, you know, could get someone that excited about, you know, a way to make a living. That first barista job was when I actually started for the first time noticing the reward of that you get as a barista of like having having that satisfaction in your in your profession. It's good to hear. And you started around 20, I guess. How was how was life back then as a student? Oh, it was simple. Oh, uh, it was. Uh, that makes me feel very old if you ask that question. Um, but it was. Uh, it was a much simpler time because you know the money that I made as a barista was extra. That was like on top of the uh, great funding that we get here in Holland when you're studying. It was um, especially now when you think about the pandemic that we've been in for the past year. Life was just really straightforward and um i was i was really happy even though sometimes i don't think i necessarily appreciated it then because i have a tendency to make things complicated um <laughs> <laughs> which i think a lot of people recognize or at least i hope yeah it was just uh you know i was i was in my early 20s and i was i had no idea what life was about but i was still in that super confident phase when thought that i knew you know what things were like and um, I, I lost some of that confidence I think over the years um, but I think that's a good thing because I was a really I'm generally a pretty loud person um, and especially if you combine that with like that overconfidence that you know new baristas tend to have after they learn like three things and they know how they think to know how the world works I was stuck in that phase and really verbal in that phase for at least a year. So when I look back at that, um, it did get me to a lot of places um, because of my, you know, big mouth. But looking back at it, it kind of makes me cringe a little bit because I was like, oh, I I didn't know anything back then. Um, and I was lucky enough to meet uh, the mentor, the guy that hired me eventually uh, at the company that I've been working now because he like, you know, went through that whole loud attitude and uh, kind of like put me back on my feet like okay let's just go back to the basics and let's start building uh something really good and um yeah he's been uh he's been you know mentoring me ever since he's always always 
uh, also been my coach through the Bristol Championships that I've been doing. And uh, yeah, he became one of my best friends as well. You're lucky to have a mentor in early age. I guess mm -hmm. mentors today, they just work. If you're confused about what's going to happen, what the career is like in the future, but then it's hard to find a mentor like close to you can give you some real guidance, opinions and tips. Yeah, for sure. I think um, that was one of the biggest um, biggest things in my life that I'm so grateful for, that I've been so lucky to have. Yeah, I think having a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be a coffee mentor, although that can help, but someone to just support you professionally and um, someone that makes you feel safe enough to every now and then, like put your back on your feet or like put a mirror in front of you to uh, make yourself aware of like what attitude you're having. Uh, I think can be can be super helpful and um, yeah I'm 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 really lucky in that but I also think that I it's not something that magically happens to you like finding a mentor is something that you you can attract I think it's not something that you know someone's walking around with a sign on their head saying like hey I'm available for mentoring people um, just ask me I think it's there needs to be a organic connection between two people uh, and for us that was based on friendship uh, first because we know we start hanging out at, at we start meeting at barista parties even though initially I was really intimidated because this guy was you know judging barista championships in Holland he's been a head judge for years and I was like I only knew him from like a distance we struck up a conversation a couple of times and he saw something in me that up to this day, I still don't really see myself, but it's really nice to have someone who's like constantly supporting you. I don't know. I'd like to think I did something myself as well to, to, to find something like that or to deserve someone like that, because I struggled a lot with like how I'm going to make up for all that time and effort that uh, a mentor puts and the patience that someone has to put up to like coach and teach and mentor someone. But I think over the years, I've started to learn, especially now that I've learned a lot more myself and kind of progressed professionally, that the the way to pay back, to kind of balance out that mentor relationship is to just do the best you can and preferably stay humble about it as well, if, if possible, uh, depending on how far you get. I remember when um, I just won the World Aeropress Championships in November Uh, 2019 and I called my husband of um, you know as first because he was at home and um uh, I called him like I'm not sure what just happened but I became world champion and he told me two things that I will never forget and that you know I will always carry with me he said first things first thank the people that you need to thank and secondly just enjoy the freaking ride so I think those two things are so important um, for me and to kind of what I've been trying to do and going to keep doing the rest of my career, wherever that's going to take me. Thank the people that you need to thank and um, just enjoy the rest. Pretty good, simple tips, I, I believe. Yeah. And let, let's talk about the championship. How did you prepare everything and how was that experience um, like? The AeroPress championship? Uh Well, championship-wise, 2019 was a pretty uh, crazy year for me because I did uh, like the Dutch Brista and the World Brista and Dutch Aeropress and World Aeropress all in one year. Actually, the Aeropress Championship, especially if you compare it to the Brista Championship, was just 
fun. It was very relaxed. I actually, after the whole WBC experience in the spring, I wasn't really planning on doing anything else the rest of the year. But because the guys uh, here in the Netherlands who organized the uh, Aeropress Championships, our former colleagues of mine used to work with them way back when, they were organizing the Dutch Aeropress Championships for the first time in a couple of years. And they were doing it in my hometown so I could go by bike, have a beer. So I was like, okay, you know what? Might as well enroll, go for a beer. And it was pretty tricky to get one of the the spots. But I got lucky. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over there, support the guys, you know, being already the Barista Championship champion that might like help their boost their event a little bit. So I never meant to win that championship. But the coffee that they provided was really tasty. It kind of, um, it was a washed Kenyan and it really worked well with that uh, bypass. So I was like, oh, this might be a good opportunity to like try this bypass thing uh, with this really nice Kenyan coffee on this really fun championship where there's lots of beer and friends. And I adapted that recipe to that coffee at the evening while having some beers. And at the end of the evening, I was holding the trophy and I wasn't really sure what was going on. They were like, oh, you know, you want a ticket to London. You're going to the world. I was like, wow, okay. It's going to be next month. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I got into... A fight with my husband when I got home because I asked him like, do you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I get to go to London next month for the World Aeropress Championship for a weekend. And he was like, but wait, wait a minute. Like, you know, I, I asked him like, do you want to come along? We can make it into a weekend or something. Cause I was feeling quite guilty that I won because I was like, you know, we have a kid, we have, you know, stuff to do. Um, and he got pissed with me because he was like, how can you join a competition, like enroll in a competition and not expect or even take into consideration the fact that you might win? Like, how does that work in your brain? How can you not think about the fact that you might, if you enroll, you might possibly win? Because now we have to like figure stuff out because he has to work in weekends and we have a kid. And so, uh, I was like, I don't know. I was just going for the beers and, and you know, <laughs> we had a fun night and I'm sorry, uh, do you want to come with? And then funnily enough, pretty much the exact same happened in London. Like I went over there, I took a friend, um, she was a great uh, competition buddy. We had so much fun. The hotel was like right next to the venue. It had a karaoke room. We decided, okay, we're, we're out for the weekend. She's a pastry chef. So she dragged me through London the whole day before the competition just to eat pastries. I was so full. And then we went to this competition day, slightly hangover, um, because we'd been doing karaoke the night before at the hotel, which was amazing. The thing I liked about that Aeropress championship is because it was so, it's supposed to be really uh, like accessible and really inclusive. And you could really tell that from the whole, the way the whole competition is, is organized. I actually knew the guy who's organizing it, Tim Williams, also from way back when, because I was lucky enough that I met him before um, in 2013 when I went on an origin trip. So that was fun. Like we were running into each other. He was like running around like crazy because there was like 60 competitors uh, and their buddies backstage, like asking so many questions. And I was just like, hey, you know, I'm here too. Don't know how I ended up here, but I'm going to brew some coffee. And um, I started talking to the competitors of the other countries i was standing in between like we have like a tiny table per competitor backstage it was really chaotic and so hilarious i was standing in between uh, a lovely uh, lady a competitor from mexico 
Monica, the uh, guy from New Zealand, the competitor, and he was very serious. He was super focused. He was, you know, he and his buddy, they had a plan. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave them alone. I don't want to like interfere with their, with their, their competition flow. Energy, I know yeah. how annoying that is. But again, I was just there to, you know, bring out the best in the coffee that we were given. Uh, I knew that the, the bypass thing worked for me uh, before. So I adapted that to the coffee that we had that day. And luckily I was also able to use a lot of the competition experience from beginning of that year from barista championships like preparing for that barista championship that took me like a year and a half of my life blood sweat tears um you know that cost me a lot you give up your social life for at least you know six months and then you know everything is super focused super organized so a lot of that how to approach uh, a competition like in organizational wise um was very easy for me to adapt to the airbrush championships for instance the first question when we got the competition coffee like we got to cup it and we got to ask some questions how much coffee do we have how many rounds are there potentially and how much coffee will we need so how much coffee do we have to do the training with so you kind of like make a system of like not so you don't run out of coffee halfway the competition because you know, always need to prepare for the fact that you might make it to the last round so there's there's these you know little things of of course I make checklists of course I make notes when I when I taste and when I it's not like I accidentally won the Airpress Championship it's just that the competition experience helped in keeping it pretty relaxed for me so I got a lot of people who got really nervous over the course of the competition and I just was able to enjoy the process because I knew I was like prepared. And I could trust my own skills and then enjoy the process. And I think that's so important for every competition that you make sure that you are as prepared as possible to be able to enjoy the competition itself. Actually, my other competition coach, he's really good at like pushing me really hard before barista competitions. But then the week before he gets into this pampering mode, which is amazing. Um, like he will make sure that you're in the right mindset like you do the hard work first during the training and the hours and hours of like and that that can get really unpleasant you know the moment the competition day approaches it's really important to remind yourself that you're supposed to have fun up there that you're doing this because you like the process because you like being up there it means that you need to relax and you need to do you know stuff that you like doing and work out a lot to get those endorphins going and um if you would st- Although the Airpress Championship is a great way to start if you're interested in competing, the amount of stress that you're going to have on stage is the exact same. So if you get stressed out on the Airpress stage, you're going to get the same amount of stress as the Bristol Championship stage because stress is just stress. I mean, nerves are just that. Um, they're going to be at 150% anyway, no matter what competition stage you're on. So in that sense, it doesn't matter which one you start with because they're going to be equally nerve wracking and scary. And I'm worried that if you start with AeroPress and you get thrown off because you get you get freaked out by your own nerves, then you will never make that step to doing Brista. So might as well start with the toughest one. Um because both of them will show you how you deal with your nerves, because ultimately that's what every competition is for. How well do you handle your nerves and how well can you perform despite your nerves? Yes, it's, it's important to remember um, there's a book called Eat the Frog Every Day First. Yes. 
So choose the difficult one and then the rest will come easy. Exactly. So actually, it's a, it works in real yeah, life. Yeah, I try to eat my biggest frog. You participate in three championships competitions within one year. How does like? Um, that's intense. Uh, my social life suffered. <laughs> uh, my marriage suffered. My daughter suffered. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I want to say it was worth it. But it was. It was. No, it's really intense. Especially the first half was all about the Bristol Championships. I noticed, for instance, when I was making a. Uh, I make a photo album for my daughter's birthday every year of the year before. And I had so little pictures of that first couple of months of 2019 from her. And they were only like competition setups, um, different coffee profiles. I know everything coffee related, tiny details, porta filters placed in certain positions on tables and, you know, grinder settings, whatever. Um, notes of pictures of notes that I shouldn't forget. Um, signature glasses, so many pictures of potential signature glasses and very little pictures of my daughter. <laughs> except the one where she's sitting on my suitcase because I was going to Boston for 10 days and she wasn't able to come along. So that's that kind of, you know, that's tough. And that is, uh, I think the only way I was able to do that is because of the support of my husband. If he was not okay with that, then I would never have been able to, to do that. And then the second half of the year, which was defined by the Air Force Championship, for me, it made me really humble because... You know, all the attention that it's giving you. I felt like all of a sudden everyone knew me. Everyone wanted to ask me stuff. And all I was like, I'm just, I'm the same person as I was two days ago. But this platform that you've been given for me, almost crazy way. Like I didn't work necessarily like so hard. It wasn't my end game to win that competition. I was just there to enjoy the competition, to meet up with other, you know, international baristas. Because that's something that always gets me really excited. So I wasn't necessarily prepared for what came after the Aeropress Championships. Like I had the feeling that like I gained 2000 new followers on Instagram and they started congratulating me all at the same time, which was really crazy, really scary. I felt like I was like on a, in a stadium where there was like 2000 people yelling at me at the same time. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a friendly person. Like I like to respond when people talk to me. So I was like, I was spending whole days on my on my phone until I started noticing like, oh, this is this is not okay. I need to like, okay, dial it back a bit, uh, dial it back a bit. And um, I actually got a great piece of advice from uh, one of my role models, who's uh, it's Agnieszka, who won the 2009, uh, 2018 World Wrestling Championships. And she sent me a message saying like, hey, congratulations, piece of advice. Just wait for a bit, like let the big thing blow over it'll blow over really soon like two to three weeks and then take your time to like respond to people or like whatever offers are coming out of this um, but just that's great you know, tip. yeah that was the best piece of advice i needed at that moment because i felt completely overwhelmed i, I stopped replying straight away to all the people saying uh, so i gave it like two to three weeks everything like settled down and then i also hadn't figured out by then how you can reply to instagram messages on your laptop so i was like on my phone the whole freaking day my thumbs were starting to hurt it was it was awful <laughs> but so fun a lot of finger works <laughs> <laughs> yeah how's life right now after such a long time since the last competition and then um, i still very busy 
Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been quite a bummer. I'm a really outgoing person. I really thrive on socializing, on like spreading my enthusiasm, inspiring other people, talking to other people. So this whole lockdown pandemic thing has been really tough, uh, increasingly so. Like the first lockdown we had in the Netherlands was, you know, we all had like, oh, it's, it's you know, it was spring and the weather was getting better and we'll get through this. And we had no idea that it was going to take so long. So um, the atmosphere was really like, okay, we're going to get through this. And now it's been a year. I'm still recovering from COVID myself, um, uh, six weeks now. And I do not like noticing the boundaries that my body is telling me. Um, I get really like that really, that can really like frustrate me. Like I want to do stuff, but then I'm also really fatigued. I want to hang out with people, but you can't because we're in lockdown. Uh, I enjoy hanging out on Instagram so much lately because first of all, I have some time now and it's costing me very little energy because I can like spend one hour on social media, hang out, hang out digitally with the people that I want to hang out with and then go back to like, you know, being a, a fatigued zombie on the couch. Yeah, I, I'm glad spring is coming, but I have to know that it's going to be over soon because this this is not good for me mentally. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's, it's a... It's a tough time for everyone, yeah. Especially when you work in the hospitality industry, you meet people. You need to have the social, the communication, and then with others to to gain the energy. I guess I know that you spend your time wisely. Um, you didn't just stop there. Um, you had some new videos coming, sharing tips and everything. Tell tell us more about that. Well, the thing is, when I um, that was actually two ideas behind it because first of all. I do get a lot of similar questions through uh, my Instagram. So I decided, and as I said, I do like answering uh, them because, you know, the one thing that I enjoy the most is sharing what I know because I know a tiny bit, but I might as well put it out there um, to anyone who's interested, um, if anyone is, um, because I got a lot of the same questions and I figured that there was, if there's going to be one person who has that question, then there might be more. But I, I held off making videos for a long time, first of all, because cameras freak me out. And second of all, because um, I had this this feeling of like, no one's going to be interested anyway. Like, who am I to like, you know, start making videos? And also, I know nothing about making videos, like absolutely nothing. I am not a digital person at all. So a part of me wanted to, but there was also a lot of like, reasons not to but then when I got COVID and I was stuck indoors in quarantine I needed some sort of creative expression I guess um, if that makes sense and I decided you know might as well take the little energy that I have in a day because it's not like I was you know high fever in bed all day uh, I had like little bits of energy to spend so I needed some sort of outlet and I decided, you know what, why not just give it a try? I know nothing about video making. I know nothing about editing, but I can give it a try and it's probably going to suck, but at least I'll learn something, which is what I did. So I recorded something and I watched a whole lot of YouTube videos on editing and I tried something and I just put it out there knowing that it sucked. I was comparing myself to, to James Hoffman's videos and I was like, it's, you know, no one's going to be interested. And maybe no one is, but I, I really 
realized really quickly that I enjoyed the process of making them. Enjoy the process. So I enjoyed the process of editing a lot more than I had feared because that's the thing that's been holding me back. Like, I don't know anything about editing uh, or video making. And I realized, oh, I kind of enjoyed the editing process a lot more than I thought. Um, so now it's kind of become just a little bit of a creative outlet whenever I have the the energy or the, you know, the, oh, I should, you know, really, I should really make a video about that question that, you know, because I feel like I could answer that well. And then it's a fun little project that I can like really adapt to the moments that I feel up for it. So I don't want to like necessarily become a YouTube phenomenon or anything. I just want to, it's more about the process of making the videos that I enjoy rather than like making a really sophisticated, fancy YouTube channel with like a whole plan behind it. I just enjoy putting out that tiny bit of stuff that I know and you know enjoy making that it's more of a creative thing than it is about you know me putting myself out there because the one thing that i enjoy the most in the whole world is sharing what i'm enthusiastic about with other people i've been doing that my whole life like whenever i start getting into something i end up teaching about it like i i'm a sailor so i'm uh, one of my hobbies is sailing and i used to be a sailing instructor when i was uh, when i was a teenager and then one of my hobbies is uh, salsa dancing. And uh, I met my husband on the dance floor and then we started teaching salsa as well. Um, so I kind of, I can't help myself, but whenever I get really enthusiastic about that, I need to share it to a lot of people who I can't otherwise reach because, you know, you're physically based somewhere. But time is is a factor always. I mean, this is these projects are time consuming and you know i have a i have a job and i have a family so that's always going to be the limitation i guess the the short answer is i'm not sure um i'm taking things i think pretty much like everyone is doing right now more one day at the time uh, the one thing i do know is i enjoy making the videos some people have responded that they like it and that's you know that's enough for now yeah enjoy the process enjoy yeah. the process that's important it's a difficult time so we really don't know what will happen later. So exactly. we just follow the flow sometimes. And after so many years in the coffee industry, what do you think the most fascinating thing happened in your life? Or um, let me put this way, what keep your stay in coffee industry instead of looking for something else? Uh, that's actually a good question. I'm not sure. I think it's two things. The product itself is, it, for me, is just really fun because there's always new crazy coffees that you haven't tasted. Like every time you get a coffee from like a new roaster or a new farm or a new processing method, it's a little bit like Christmas because you get to taste something and you're going to experience like, you know, why does this coffee taste this way? Which is exactly what competitions are about. Like, why is this coffee tasting the way it's tasting? Which I think is really like that feeds my curiosity and knowing that that will forever you know, be, uh, be something that I can use because, you know, coffee's never done. Um, so you can always keep learning about it. And the second thing is, and this is going to be really cliche as well, but it's a community around it. Like through my work in coffee, I have met so many diverse people. It's the same thing with friends. Like you, you might not have the same friends as you did 10 years ago because you change as a person, but also professionally because you change as a professional that brings you into contact with different people as well. And for some reason, you always seem to meet the right people in your career at the right moment. What gets me so excited? Like you 
go to events and you run into the same people, or sometimes you meet people that you only know through Instagram, but then you meet them in real life and they turn out to be just as fun. Um, except now you can have that beer together and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's both the, the product and the community around it that even though sometimes I consider it like, maybe I should go back into teaching. And then I've always, you know, those are the things that have drawn me back. In addition to coffee, what other beverage do you enjoy the most? I would say tea. Um, yeah, I took a, a, actually a full year of a, a tea sommelier training a while ago. And yeah, I, I really enjoy the complexity and the, uh, the same aspects about coffee that tea can like send you on this endless journey, like this rabbit hole that I'm afraid to dive into. Um, because I know that if I dive into that one, then I will be able to stop. And I strongly believe in focusing on one product, even though I'm like, I would love to know a lot more about beer, about wine, about cheese, about, you know, all those products. Um, because all those things, we talk about flavor. And that's, I think, super fascinating in general. Tea is even more complicated than than coffee in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I do enjoy like a really nice, comforting, like nice oolong Brewed well, Gong Fu Cha. Could you tell us more about what is life, barista life in Netherlands? We know Netherlands is one of the most developed countries and the social welfare and everything there is just very nice. I I guess it's nice to have a job as a barista than in Mexico or in Brazil there. So could you tell us more about the lifestyle of barista? I'm not sure if it's necessarily being a barista in the Netherlands is like a super high esteemed job. It's definitely not super prestigious or anything um, because you're still working in hospitality, um, which for a lot of people is still something that people do part time on their way to their real job. There's there's a really small but close knit community that I think is really uh, is pretty open and, and pretty supportive of one another. You can see that there's always, and I think that goes for a lot of countries, like there's a lot of concentration of specialty coffee and that uh, in the capital, in Amsterdam. Um, so it's a little bit like, you know, the Amsterdam coffee scene and then everything around it. Um, but there's a lot of professional friendliness throughout the Netherlands. And, you know, we have some really, really impressive baristas here that, I'm lucky enough to know and, and uh, I consider them friends. I can, you know, ask them for help. Um, we have, you know, Esther Mastam, who's like really great latte art barista. And then there's Lex, who's like one of the Amsterdam baristas who has a really nice roastery and has been doing really great. And um, I think everyone does what they can in order to support one another while also maintaining their own values as a, as a coffee professional, because there's always some sort of like competition as well. Like you're Sometimes professionally, you're each other's competition as well if you work for like different roasteries or something. So I think there's generally a pretty good vibe of people like being enthusiastic about each other's brands, um, which is, I think, something that goes for the whole specialty coffee scene. And there's a lot of mutual respect. Uh, one last question here for this podcast. And remember, you answered the question, what does coffee mean to you in Dutch? So could you tell us in English today? Um, yeah, so coffee for me is, it's, it's a really challenging beverage. Like I can keep learning about it. It's one of my favorite reasons to get up in the morning. And, um, so 
it's a thing that brings this community together that I love so much. Great, thank you. Uh, is there anything that I uh, didn't ask or you want to mention here? I'm really excited to be on this, to be part of this podcast, to be part of this uh, community that that you're building. I think it's uh, I think it's an honor to be part of, of such a such an initiative that kind of empowers baristas and other people in hospitality. I think that's something that we we need, and uh, we need to stick together and help lift each other up. Thank you so much for tuning in to the I'm Not a Barista podcast where people get inspired and connected through coffee stories. If you want to join our community, then please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on our Instagram to get connected. Until next time, keep smiling and most importantly, keep drinking coffee.